Hi all. This is the final episode of Season 5 of Subterraneans. I wanted to take a moment before I get into it to thank everyone for their support this season. If you've subscribed on patreon.com forward slash subterpod, I'm incredibly grateful. And that goes double for my £10 and above subscribers, Hiran, Alex and Isaac. As always, I'll be taking a break after this episode to figure out what's next for the show. But I can be reached at subtopod at gmail.com or on Twitter at subtopod. This episode leads directly on from the season 5 opening episode, The Stick. So I'd really advise you go back and listen to that one first. Okay, on with the show. In episode one of this season, I told the story of Flick, Jolly West Records, and a band called The Stick. I finished by saying I'd been receiving tapes in the post. Look, I know that sometimes on this show, I'm guilty of leaving plot threads unresolved. I don't think you should feel compelled to close out every little thought and idea. In fact, I think that's the enemy of curiosity. What good does it do to seek conclusions? The ambiguity is the point. Nonetheless, for the final episode of Season 5 of Subterraneans, I wanted to try something a little different. In this episode, I'll be playing one of the tapes I got from Flick, taking it apart and analysing what it is about this music which is so... striking. I can't be afraid of every little thing. Just because Flick decided to go out and do terrible things, it doesn't mean the songs are the problem necessarily. Sometimes the best way to understand the bullet is to look into the barrel of the gun. I'm James Thompson. This is Subterraneans. then. Turns out they're not just standard cassettes. They're actually recordings of songs by The Stick taken from a multi-track master copy, and they've been kind enough to include the stems separately on the B-side. If you've never messed around in a recording studio, the stems are basically the component instrument lines which make up the track as a whole. So, for a standard rock ensemble, that'd be the separate guitar, drum, bass, and vocal lines. Of course, the stick aren't a standard rock ensemble, but we'll get to that. First, I'm going to play through the track in the background and talk over it, and then I'll break it down for you, bit by bit.
So, as you can hear, this track, labelled Drill on the cassette, is basically a repeating rhythmic pattern, which gradually escalates via a low-pass filter over the course of about four minutes. A low-pass filter is basically the term for a type of effect which shaves off all the sound frequencies above a certain threshold, which gives the track a muffled, distant effect. And as the threshold slowly rises, so too does the sense of dread, as though something's gradually getting closer. Saying I've been getting these tapes in the post isn't quite accurate. The first two, sure, came with a stamp and my address on them, which was unnerving enough. But the third didn't have a stamp. The fourth one crashed through my letterbox just after midnight on a Sunday, with a bloodstain on it. I spent the rest of the night with my back to the wall, clutching a kitchen knife, curtains drawn and windows locked tight. The next day I went to a local hardware shop and bought an extra set of locks for my front door. But when I came back, someone had kicked it clean off its hinges. It slashed holes in my sofa and trashed the place, apart from a neat pile of tapes they'd arranged on my desk, this time with one extra added on top. 999 doesn't pick up anymore. Anyway, you get the message. I know I did. Taking a look at the component stems for Drill, it's really quite a simple track, with only three major elements. I'll take them apart for you now. Firstly, the repeated drilling sound, which forms the backbone of the song. It might not sound like it at first, but this is actually a drum machine, albeit one that's been absolutely pushed to its limits. The sound is made up of three hits, a kick drum, a clap, and a hi-hat. These are then run through a series of reverb and compression effects until they sound like this. These three hits are played on top of each other and then played in succession. This is sped up massively until it sounds roughly like this. So far, so straightforward. Nothing too weird or occult about that, right? It's not a pleasant sound, but it's not going to induce you to do anything you weren't going to do already. At least, not all by itself. The next element is a synthesizer, running three channels through some distortion to make an uncomfortably pitched oscillating drone which runs throughout the track. This next section might be a little bit tough to listen to, so I've tried to reduce the volume so it won't blow your headphones off when I play it. 
Isolated from the mix, it sounds like this. This sound is made up of three oscillators, each playing two notes simultaneously. A C3 G sharp, and a C6 A. Before we even get started, if you're not musical, those two notes are basically a white key and a black key directly next to each other on a keyboard, but one is much higher up the piano than the other. Playing those two notes together is immediately discordant and unpleasant to the ear. They fight with each other. I feel much better now that I decided to actually listen to these tapes. I don't know why I was so scared, honestly. What harm can it do to do a little investigating? To look a little closer? What great peril was I so afraid of from just a little close listening? What am I, scared of a couple of waveforms and some spooky noises? Come on. I don't have to fight it anymore. Just let it flow through me. These notes are played on three different noise generators, or oscillators. The first is a square wave. The second is banded noise. And the third is a reverse sawtooth wave, which has been set up to whip around the frequencies by channeling it to another layer of low frequency oscillation, running at an incredibly high speed. Again, lots of synth words there, sorry. The guys in the stick have been really helpful in showing me how it all works, and honestly, it's super interesting. I barely even mind the smell now. The point is that, mixed together and run through some feedback effects, these individual notes sound incredibly squirrely and discordant, like so. And then, all played together, The sound is reverberating off itself. It's entirely synthesized, but because of the random interactions between different parts of it, there's something organic and aggressive to it. These first two elements are really just a sort of set dressing for the third, most important element, but nonetheless they create this sense of despair and dread which is hard to resist. Honestly, between us, I'm really glad I'm getting to take these tracks apart. Nothing is quite as frightening when you really get in there and start to dissect it. When I first started working on Subterraneans, I used to be afraid of doing that to my own work, of looking too closely, of going back to previous stories to reinvestigate. But since we started hanging out again, Flick has taught me that there's nothing that scary about dissection. If you cut something up enough, the living part of it just leaves and all that remains is the soft component flesh. It's nothing to be scared of. You'll understand soon, I'm sure. Then of course, 
there's the third, most crucial element of the track, and the bit that you'll probably be most vividly aware of, the vocal line. This is really quite simple. It's just a set of whispered orders, telling you who needs to die, and how. Here's what it sounds like. Now, of course, that probably sounds a little ominous when it's isolated. And it's true that the orders are a little different each time and for each person. Sometimes it isn't orders, it's just screaming, and that's fine, too, if a little unnerving. Here, let me play it again. Maybe you can't hear anything. That's okay. Move a little closer. Turn the volume up a little more. Set this to repeat. I'm not afraid of anything anymore. Not since Flick took me underground. Here, press your ear to the speaker. Let me help you. You just have to really concentrate on the sound itself. Imagine you're at the top of a long staircase. Focus on picking out the rhythm. Let it lull and relax you. Every time the pattern repeats, you're going to take a step further down this staircase. Deeper and deeper. Into a great underground cavern. You're safe. In the middle of the room is a bed. You're walking towards it, one step at a time going to get into the bed and fall into a deep and peaceful sleep. And then you're going to follow your orders. (laughs) 